Hey, it's Will Gadara. Welcome back. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. Today we're talking about collaboration. And this interview made me want to, well, just acknowledge that there's a few types of leaders out there. First, there are always the leaders who believe that they have all the good ideas. They're the ones that go home and and sit in silence or, or in the office with just a couple of the top people within the hierarchy of their restaurant, and they determine the vision of the restaurant. They decide what it's meant to be and how they're going to get there. Then there's the next level up. That collection of leaders that recognizes that the collective creativity of many will always be so much greater than that of a few. And that's a powerful realization. Because, well, A, it's true. If your true goal is just to provide the best experience that you can, then letting the entire team speak into the process is is smart. It's unbelievable where the best ideas are going to come from. You can watch the keynote that was just put out in this month's welcome conference by Richard Montanez, the janitor at Frito-Lay that came up with the idea for Flaming Hot Cheetos just because he saw a video by the new CEO where the CEO asked the entire company to start thinking like owners. See, there's something profoundly impactful about when you give the entire team the ability to think like owners. Because when people have the opportunity to speak into the direction that the restaurant is going, they're going to be so much more inclined to leave it all on the field and helping it get there. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But then there's this rare third type of leader. The leader that not only recognizes the fact that if you give the entire team an invitation to come to the table with ideas, you're going to have better ideas that everyone on the team is going to work that much harder to make sure that those ideas are successful. But then the person that when they are honored for that idea, for the impactfulness of it, for the creativity of it, that they do not hog the spotlight. Those leaders that are so confident in their own personal contributions that they jump at the opportunity to scream from the mountaintops and telling the world that that amazing idea was not theirs that give credit where credit's due. Because the moment that someone is publicly affirmed for their creative input to the restaurant, they are going to be that much more inclined to continue coming up with better and better ideas and the sense of pride and satisfaction that comes from knowing that they're being recognized for their contribution. Well, A, that's addictive. And B, it shows the rest of the team that their boss, their leader, cares more about the team than they do about themselves. Today's guest is one of the best at this. Every single time I've seen him win an award, it's never just him. It's him and his entire team. These videos that he posts of him and the team from Modena always celebrating together. He's famous for saying, alone, I am Massimo Batora, but it is me and my team together that are Osteria Francescana. I'm so excited to have him here. It was an inspiring conversation for me. I hope it is for you too. Welcome back to Weekly Specials. It's the Weekly Specials. You do, 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 do. 
Today is well, he's just one of the best people out there. He's one of the world's greatest chefs, a culinary innovator, and a lover of life. He runs the iconic Osteria Francescana in Modena, Italy, the number one restaurant in the world. And among a bunch of other projects, launched Food for Soul with his wife, Laura Gilmore, a cultural project focused on strengthening communities by building a healthier and more equitable food system. He is perhaps one of the most energetic people on the planet. He never stops and he never ceases to amaze me. He's also just a good friend who cares very, very deeply about the power of hospitality. Massimo Batura, it's so good to have you on the show. Come on, don't even <laughs> say, don't even say. <laughs> so, okay, we're talking this this month about collaboration. And I reached out to you because with so many of the things that you do, you embrace that. You've always embraced it. And I believe that collaboration is more important now than ever, but it's always been a part of how you've approached everything with the, the refettorios, with Osteria Francescana, with your relationship with the dining room, with how you develop menus. And so I just want the world to have a chance to hear how you think about this stuff. And, and I think perhaps the best place to start is with the new menu, with a little help from my friends that you reopened the restaurant with. And I'm, A, you talk about collaboration, the name of it with a little help from my friends is just beautiful. And then the idea that during quarantine, so many people stopped innovating, but you and your team kept working together. And so I'd love to hear about the menu, how you guys developed it, how you worked with the, the entire crew and all of it. So, you know, Siri Francescana, as you know, as everybody knows, I always said that by myself, I'm Massimo Bottura with my team, I'm Osteri Francescana. So this is extremely important. My team is my family. I always treat them like that. During the lockdown, in the team in Modena, we are 103 people. They all said to me, we're going to spend the lockdown in Modena. So we took care of the whole family, you know, in our apartments around Osteria. We were hosting them. We were taking care of the food, uh, salaries and everything. Just a little thing, you know, from our government, I didn't receive one penny. So mm. I took care with the company of uh, every single person in Osteria. Maria Luigia, Franceschetta, and Futurso. So this is one point. Very amazing. Point. And real quick, because I just want to say, there's a lot of people who talk about their teams as family. And over the past six months, they've just let their teams go. Yeah, that, that's the worst thing ever. Because for me, my team is my future. Yes. And so if I want to have a future, I need to keep my team close to me. Yes. And uh, so... What we start doing, we start uh, the first lot, uh, the, in the first week of the lockdown, I start doing things that I didn't have time for the past, in the past 15 years hmm. to do, like ordering uh, all my vinyls, for example. Yes. You know, I have 20,000 vinyls and I need the space between A, B, and C. So <laughs> A, B, and C, there are, you know, to make a space, I have to take 
like a group uh, of, of uh, vinyl. They're part of the, to move the vinyl and not to move the whole 20,000. So I want to move the Beatles, but I wasn't sure the Beatles, they could fit into the giant section. The giant <laughs> section, it's about Bob Dylan, uh, Charlie Parker, Billy Holiday, these kind of people. So everyone listening at home, I just want to make sure you're you're acknowledging the fact that in addition to everything else, Massimo has extraordinary taste in music. Just if you just heard what he just rolled out there. So, but at one point, I had like Surgeon Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band, the vinyl in my hand. And I said, fuck, from pop to psychedelic in the middle of the, in the most extraordinary success, they decide to change everything. And the cover, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So I immediately, immediately, with my man, with my iPhone, I shoot a picture of Sgt. Pepper and uh, I spread to the whole team. I share with the team this, uh, this uh, cover. And I said, guys, you have one week. As soon as I take care of you, I want you to give me some uh, vibes about what, what it, it's the meaning for you of Surgeon Pepper's Lolly Art Club Band. Like 80% of them, 20, 21, 25, 26 years old, they didn't even know what it was, <laughs> you know? So first thing I said, I said, don't even try to look at Wikipedia, uh, you know, and copy and copy what, what, they, what they write. So I want your interpretation of the cover of the magazine. One week, I received so many beautiful words that I said, oh my God, this is amazing. This is a, such a great potential. So you have a couple of weeks to transform everything into edible bites. And they did, they did. It was, uh, it was okay. It was extremely creative but extremely creative. And at that point, I was working much more during my lockdown than I usually do. That is kind of almost impossible, but I swear it was incredible because doing kitchen quarantine with Alexa was, she was so demanding and it was (laughs) crazy, crazy. But at least we won a Webby Award, you know? Me and Alexa won iPhone and Pyjama Charlie. (laughs) <laughs> but, okay, by the way, so back to there. Uh, at that point, we start meeting in the weekend in Maria Luisa because uh, we felt we had to do something for nurses and doctors of the intensive care. So we, we start cooking special uh, Sunday lunch for them, you know. And in the meantime, we were there. I started in my head this idea of changing the new, the old menu. Because uh, in my mind, I had this idea that after a lockdown like that, people need some comfort food, uh, not too pushy, you know, feels very... But, you know, reading uh, the history and the Renaissance story 500 years ago, I understood that light was the most important thing. And, you know, I am trying to focus exactly at the exactly steps, you know, so I'm trying to focus the step. 
So I said to myself, guys, we need to do something completely different because this is crazy. I want to create the experiences. We need to give everyone different experiences because we, did, we don't know what to expect in, a, in a one month, in two months. I just want to acknowledge something. Like all these ideas, watching you talk about them. I mean, A, it's inspiring to me, but it also... I can tell that it's your energy, right? Like you derive your energy from the creative process. And so with your team, when your whole team is in lockdown and you send them a picture of the album cover of Sgt. Pepper, like you're basically encouraging them to dig deep and be creative as well. Do they get as, as energized by the creative process as you Absolutely. do? Absolutely. That was, uh, that was the thing. But you know, when I was finishing the whole conversation, uh, being a leader, means something very important, no? You have to listen to everybody. Everybody, you know, on my experience and uh, 19 years old uh, from uh, north of England uh, with uh, Italian food in his heart uh, can come uh, down uh, and work there as a stagiaire and create the most amazing thing. I always keep the door open for the unexpected. So I give everyone the possibility to express himself. So you, a leader has to listen to everybody and take the decision at the end by yeah. himself. You cannot listen when you take a decision. You cannot listen to anyone. It's extremely important to listen just to yourself because you know where you want to go. But the uh, decision is a collective decision. And uh, it's like... You listen this, you listen to that. It was like, it's extremely important. But this ex uh, cultural exercise is always been in Osteria Francescana. It was called, who are you? And every single one who was walking into Osteria, they had to, in one month, express himself and uh, show me what is a creative process behind, uh, in his mind and uh, express himself in edible bites and tell me the story of his life in a plate. So it's, it's not... No, it's, it's not, not new. But it's a very important exercise. That wasn't even because you were trying to get a dish on the menu. You just wanted to learn oh. how they think and oh, give them, and think. Give them yeah. like the empowerment to yeah. create. Yeah, of course. You have to create uh, better people. You have to share knowledge, culture. Consciousness, it's all about that, you know. When we talk about passatelli or we talk about food, sense of responsibility. So I want to see if they know exactly where they are working, how lucky they are to work there and to learn from us. So the other thing I think you do really well, and I just love to hear your thoughts on it because not everyone does, is listen, I think most kitchens and like the best restaurants in the world, the dishes aren't all coming out of one person's head, right? The team works on the dishes together. But you always celebrate the people on your team and you give them credit for their ideas. It's very important. It's very um, important. And so why, I mean, not that that's not obvious, but why is that important? Yeah. It's important to give, to keep stimulate them and uh, to be part of the team and be proud of what they have done. It's, you know, like the video, the video in which uh, we just received for another, another yes. year, the prize of best restaurant in Italy. 
So we were celebrating and plate of the year. So we won everything. <laughs> so, Congratulations. Thank you. So the dish of the year is a collective dish. You know, it's called, we are all connected under one roof. It's about dumpling. So think about create a dumpling and serve a dumpling in Modena. You yes. know, it's like, oh my God, it's a sacrifice. It's something they're going to burn me in the main piazza, you know. <laughs> I love Massimo Bottura, you know. So a dumpling that Choi, the chef, the partia, the pasta courses, create. He's, he has very thin, very thin uh, fingers and he creates this very thin pasta for dumpling that is disappearing in the palate. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. He's a guy from Taipei, and um, he has this in his DNA. Yes. Jessica from Canada, she was cooking this uh, pork belly, lacquered with maple syrup. Huh. Uh, smoked for 16 hours in a very cold uh, temperature. You have no idea. This pork belly from uh, black pigs in uh, Modernese pigs yes. are like the most delicious, <laughs> unbelievable pork belly you, have, you can ever imagine. That we ground and we mix with the clams from Venice. Because there's a, there's a woman who works with, uh, with these uh, farm uh, clams and yeah. the best clams uh, in Italy are from up there. So I put together those clams. They're like, uh, that we, we have the opportunity to have because they're very, the production is very limited big and juicy, uh, with pork belly. Pork belly and clams, New England clam chowder. So <laughs> I asked Taka. Taka said, I want to do the New England clam chowder. So Taka was uh, preparing a New England clam chowder with, without any butter, cream, nothing. Just uh, precise flavors for, with uh, clam juice, uh, and starting with clam juice and pork belly leftover from uh, from uh, from there, and uh, we are serving this uh, dumpling filled with pork uh, belly and clams with New England clam chowder on top. That is like is to die for. Well, okay? and I think I mean first of all that's incre- that sounds amazing, and yeah. second of all. This is what I love about everything you're saying is okay. Does it make sense to do? pork belly dumpling with clam chowder at Austria Francescana. And you're saying, yeah, absolutely. Because it represents the people on my team and my team is Austria Francescana. Yeah. That's why the menu is with a little help from my friends. It's the, it's the most revolutionary menu for a chef in the world because I'm do, I'm stepping back on stage and I say, Hey guys, come in, come in. We are all on the same team. Show me what you can do, and I'm gonna tell you where to go. So it's like it's a very important creative exercise that involves the whole team. You know, you play soccer, you are Maradona, you go in, in the field. Think about Messi, you know, Messi and the Argentinians. You know, they go and they play and they didn't win anything because they play for themselves. They don't yeah. play for the team. And uh, even if you have Messi, you don't win anything. And uh, this is the worst thing you can do. You know, the most uh, creative people, the most talented people, they have to be 
part of the team. They have to be the team. So but, that's and, very revolutionary. Yeah, and, and I also just understood, understood this. Huh? Yes, no, actually, for sure. Actually, I have to tell you a secret, but don't tell anyone. You know <laughs> what he did? He asked Jessica to go to the to his place uh, in Saint Tropez, the Batier de Munier, yes. to make uh, and to fix the breakfast as Maria Luisa. <laughs> no. I said yes, go, 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 go. Don't worry, I won't. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> Gonna share with the pasta for sure. Hey, I want to underline something you said, because for people listening, I think it was a really important nuanced point. You said we all contribute ideas, but at the end of the day, one person does need to make a decision. And it's the most important thing. Otherwise, uh, Will, it's going to be, you know, an anarchy. Yes. Uh, but uh, like this is like, you know, straight. You know exactly where to go. You have a vision and you have to involve everyone. I don't care if my farmers, they don't know anything about contemporary cuisine, but I want them to understand what I'm doing. Once they have the money in the pocket to deliver the best Parmigiano without even asking how much it is or the best suckling pig or the best of the things, that's the most important thing, is exactly what I do with my team. I don't care if they don't understand the end of the thing, but if I have the best cutters, uh, Japanese who can pick the perfect fish, the guy who can manage the best sauce ever with the, a sauce that is created with flavors and water instead of butter, yes. the best uh, chocolate uh, guy can really break the border between sweet and savory and acidic and uh, and uh, things, you put together the team. You pick the right people. They can play there, but they can play even defense when, they, with, uh, when we need to play defense. But once we know exactly where to go, we can score in every moment because we are the best team. I love that. I yeah. really do, man. And, and winning and losing you can do it together. You have to do it together. Because when you win, is a double satisfaction. Because you are doing it together, not by yourself. When you lose, is half of the, you know, like when you're much, disappointed. Oh well, yeah, it's much, much less depressing lose. when you have a shoulder less. to try on. When you have your other, ah, we can do it tomorrow. Uh, let's do it better next time. And so it's, it's about the team. That's very important. It's beautiful, man. And I think the thing about it, it's almost this balance between how like your team wants to be a part of the process, but they at the same time, they crave leadership. And if you can invite them into the process while also still giving them conviction in your leadership, that's yes. when the most beautiful things happen. Yes, that's very important. Very important. Bernardo is Dubai. He's in Dubai. He's like... He's managing 60 people right now in Torno Subito in Dubai. And he's like, he's doing such an amazing job because he has learned step by step. Seven years in Francescana, two years in uh, opening a restaurant in uh, Istanbul, back uh, after the old, uh, you know, terrorism, back to Modena, restore Franceschetta, uh, leave uh, Franceschetta to Francesco, go to Dubai, manage the whole team, but with the mind 
in modern, yes. in his mind. It's like Francescana mind. So it's like create a leadership, create leaders. It is very, very important for us. So can we talk about the refertorios a little bit? Because in the pandemic, right? Yeah. We it's brought with it so much more food inequality around the world than even before. And you've been working on this for for years. But A, I just want to hear what you've been up to with the refectorios. But B, it's another display of how you always pursue collaboration because in every city, you're working with other people and you're yeah. teaching each yeah. other and you're learning from each other and you're inspiring yeah. each other. So can you just it's tell me cool. like what's going on with the refectorios generally? The refectorios uh, are better than ever right now. It, they're all uh, active, super active locally. Like, think about Paris. In Paris, all the French chefs, they were part of the opening uh, and the first uh, month. They are, like, connected by JR and uh, Maxime, the chef at the, at the refectory in Paris. And during the whole lockdown, still now, now, every night, they deliver between 3,800 and 5,000 meals a day. Oh. Uh, all the refectorios are incredibly active because they are doubling, tripling all the numbers they were doing during the normal service because they are like just packaging, preparing, packaging, and deliver. So, yeah, there are like between Modena, Bologna, Milan, uh, Naples, Rio de Janeiro, London, Paris, uh, Merida, Lima. <laughs> you know, we are sending out every night so many thousands of meals that you have no idea. But That's they are right. active and they are happy and they are part of this whole world. But the best part is this. Gastón Acurio, Virgilio, and Micha uh, with Diego Munoz, they wrote to me they said, okay, chef, don't worry about the refectory in Lima. We will take care of that. So this is the community. These are the chefs. You know, these are the people. They want to be part of all this. Because since the beginning, I said, we are the revolution. Not me. We, all together, we can make a big change in history. And we can uh, really show there's a... Uh, a humanistic revolution uh, on culinary revolution in history right now that is one of the most important uh, revolution uh, of uh, of uh, of the last uh, 200 years in uh, in the culinary world we are much more alert about soil about farmers about uh, not waste uh, fighting food waste fighting social isolation through what through what through hospitality Yes. Listen, welcome. You are welcome. Come here. We're going to take care of you. The place is beautiful. It's full of art, of design. It's full of beauty. Beauty can rebuild the dignity of the people better than anything. The beauty of the service, the beauty of hospitality, the beauty of art is the same. Beauty is something so important. I think hospitality, at the end of the day, is making people feel a sense of belonging. 
And you do that at Osteria. And like every time I've heard you talk about the repertorios, the thing I'm most inspired by is you're saying, why can't we give that same sense of belonging, the same beauty, the same deliciousness, the same graciousness in a repertorio as we do in a three Michelin star restaurant? Exactly the same. It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. I posted a video on, uh, on my Instagram of YouTube, Bono. They were like serving food during the whole service in Paris. And then uh, with the guitar, they start singing. No one knew who they were. <laughs> and they all part of this whole happiness, joy, party, stay together, you know. You said something before that I want to make sure people didn't miss. So the Lima Repertory is the most recent one to open, yes, right? Yes, And in so... Meantime, we are working in, uh, in the one in 119th Street. Which I'm so excited for. And you know I want to be a part of that. Yeah, New York, <laughs> finally! We're going to do that. Oh, listen, listen. I have, a, I, have a, have a, I have a new idea for that. Okay. We're going to keep in the middle of the old room... We're gonna keep the stage. There's okay. a little stage because the our uh, you know pastor is so good on singing. So we're gonna keep the stage there. The church is upstairs. So he was so into the project that you know you have no idea. So the stage is gonna be there, and we're gonna be in Harlem. We will uh, involve uh, the all black community, especially focus on uh, the Apollo Theater guys. And we want all the artists to come there and sing for them, for all these people. I love this. You know, that's so this. New York. That, that is New York. Is so good. You know that I'll be there. Yeah. Wait, but hold on. I just want to say something. I'm gonna retire. I'm gonna retire uptown <laughs> and gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be there every night. <laughs> oh, wait, I need to get this point out because you said something and it's important about Lima. Yeah, sorry. You can't get there. It's in quarantine. And if anyone missed the names, he was saying, the best chefs in Lima emailed him and said, we got you. And I think that's such a beautiful lesson because if you collaborate with people, if you're open to working with other people, and if you scream from the mountaintops every time you do, then everyone else is going to be that much more excited to want to support you and help you and work with you and build something yeah. together too. And that's extraordinarily powerful. It's unbelievable. You know, like, think about London, no? London or Paris. Every single chef from Ladbury to Locatelli to every single one was there. And you know what they do? They send in the day off all the stagiaires and the commis to learn and cook at the refectorio to learn what it means cooking is an act of love. Yes. You know, service is an act of love. When you have a big smile on your face and you say welcome to people, you already broke the ice because people, these are the most vulnerable people in the world, you know, homeless, migrants, refugees, orphans, all the, the people, they're like, they're very, they're you know. They're cast away from society too often. That's the point. So that is the moment in which you make the change in life. And we have learned this in our restaurant. You know that. You were yeah. the last. 
the best man to be in the world. So <laughs> you know exactly what, what I'm talking about. Oh, you know what it is here? You know, I'm going to show you who's here with me. Okay. Who's here with me? Eh? I'm going to introduce you to Lara Gilmer. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. Guys, everyone can't tell, but Laura Gilmore, Massimo's yeah. wife, just she's new. She has a new job now. She's the, the farmer, the You're farmer, the farmer. Of the she's the goddess of the new church, like uh, the new church that we are building with JR. Like, wait, so, wait, so Laura, we're doing a podcast right now, and we're talking <laughs> about collaboration, and. I mean, listen, between the two of you is probably the most important collaboration in your entire world. Yeah, yeah, and so, can you become but, a part of this now, in too? The time I was cooking with my daughters, that she was bossing me home for <laughs> kitchen quarantine. And I swear, she was bossing me all the time. <laughs> she was in the country place to work, to plant flowers, rebuild the garden, the vegetable, the vegetable garden, the fruit trees, the bees. The whole new project of the playgrounds for adults that I was talking before. So, yeah. Wait, <laughs> Wait you get involved here. Tell me about how you guys pursue collaborating between one another. We're talking about the power of collaboration during this moment in our, in our experience around the world. Our collaboration is about really like trusting each other, but also pushing each other forward. So maybe I have a vision that's a little bit different than Massimo's and I start working on that and then he'll come and see what I'm working on and all of a sudden he'll see a dish, a plate, a way of looking at the world slightly different and then I'll come into Francescana and see what the guys are working on in the kitchen, whether it's a concept or a theme and we keep working off each other. So working parallel, but also having our own vision about how we see the future. And I think for us, collaboration is always that idea of you have a point in the future and how are we gonna to get to that point in the future? Not every path is the same. Maybe my path is a little bit more zigzag and his is a little bit straight to the, to straight it like an arrow. But what we both have always in mind, yeah, because she, she just left because Charlie is calling her. Okay. So there's a, a things that it's extremely important that both of us, they, we know that the team is the most important thing. So it's not about us. No. Yes. It's about our team. Exactly. That right now, right now, in the meantime, we are talking to you. They are in Maria Luisa cooking and preparing exactly. for, for the, old, the, the service tonight. So one thing that's happened now because of the new restrictions in Italy. No, they know. They, we, okay, yeah. so we've been closed. It's, we have to close at six o'clock. So for the first time, we have the two teams, Casamere Luigia and Austria Francescana, who are always collaborating virtually. But the first time the team of Austria Francescana is coming in the evening, a couple guys at a time, a couple women at a time, a couple chefs at a time, and a wait staff to work at Casa Luigi so that there's an actual real exchange and collaboration. And this for me is exciting because it means that we're all going to push forward even faster, even more. Yeah. We're going to grow more. We're going to think about our future in a different way. And as I was saying before, it's yes, all about future. It's yeah. all about collaboration. The more people who are in the pot, the more ideas they are, the more possibilities that open up that I couldn't have imagined or Massimo couldn't have imagined. But, uh, uh, you know, yesterday night in a service we had, the chef de partie at the, at the, 
appetizer cold and hot uh, in Francescana was washing dishes the whole evening. In Casa Maria Luisa. You know, Luigi. in Casa Maria Luisa. And I said, Pasquale, are you washing dishes? But it's so relaxing. I love it. <laughs> you know, I said, remember, remember that me, Taka, Davide, the Taka and Davide, they learn from me. But I have learned from Lydia Cristoni, my first uh, chef in Osteria del Campazzo 36 years ago. When we didn't have one penny, we were like washing dishes. And I was the first one who was giving the example. Yeah. You know? And I've learned from there. I've passed to Taka and Davide, and Taka and Davide, they passed to everyone of the team. So, man, I love that. They're amazing because they take you out of yourself and they bring out the best. If I don't have someone I'm working with, I'm only half myself because when I'm working with someone else, you bounce off ideas. You realize where your, your, your weaknesses are. You find the strengths in others. And all of a sudden, this amazing energy comes up. And uh, things happen that you could never expect. That's my opinion. No, I love that. I think the other thing that what you guys are saying is, we've talked about this, like you need to invite everyone to be a part of the process. You need to celebrate them when they come up with good ideas. There does need to be one person that makes the decision. But the thing that comes first before all of that is... Because I was distracted. She was like... No, I know. No, I, no, but I, know, the, I know. It's very important. No, but hold on. But, making decision, everyone is going to be a mess. It's going to be anarchism. It's but, not what we want. But in addition to that, when you just talked about the teams like coming together for the first time this week, you just reminded me of something that I think you both do so beautifully, which is you can't collaborate with the people on your team unless you first really pursue having authentic relationships with them. Like, it's truly a family. And when it feels like a family, then people's greatest talents are unlocked. And you can't take a shortcut there. No, but well, uh, to me, the, one of the best uh, things that ever happened to us was uh, the reopening of every restaurant. This, this you know, in June. Yes. We reopened after three months. And you have to see the chefs there, like from Taka. Davide, Francesco, Jessica. They were like every single Allen, every single one had, you know, put something very special and, uh, you know, create these uh, new things. And let's do barbecue as we do breakfast in Maria Luisa. Let's do the new menu, but let's change it. Let's do, you have to see this afternoon, we are already in the process to create with a little help from my friend, Autumn Style. So we have <laughs> brand new dishes, totally brand new dishes. And on Instagram, on, uh, sorry, on WhatsApp, we were like chatting, try. I was here in Modena with Davide and Taka. Uh, Jessica was in uh, Maria Luisa with uh, Luca and Fernando. They were trying the new cod that is going to be as the cod we did uh, uh, for the opening, but instead of being a green curry full of uh, fresh herbs uh, uh, from the spring, it's going to be a red curry full of leaves from the autumn side. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to be, if I'm wrong, I'm right. It's been called uh, like the, the dish. Oh. You have to see how beautiful the dish is, is coming out right now. 
And it's a collaboration between two different kitchens. They were chatting to each other this afternoon. Unbelievable. On WhatsApp. On WhatsApp. (laughs) To your point, Will, I have to say that through this crazy time that we've all been living through, I think that the lockdown and the quarantine really tested our relationships and our family bonds and gave us new ways of communicating with each other because we weren't seeing each other. We weren't working in the kitchens together, but we were talking on the phone. We were chatting on Zoom. We were sharing ideas and recipes through pictures and images. Massimo and I decided with our daughter and our family to do kitchen quarantine also just to show all of our team and our chefs that we were there for them as well. And so in a way it, it helped us create even stronger bonds. And I have to say, you know, not that I want yeah. ever want to repeat that again, coming back to work together has been one of the most amazing experiences yeah. that we ever had. So. Well, it almost, it's almost when something is taken away from you, you learn to appreciate it in a whole new, beautiful way. And when relationships aren't, something that you can just coast through because you see each other every day, but you have to pursue with intention that makes them even more deep and meaningful. And I love that. Hey, Massimo, I love you so much. And I appreciate you giving me so much of your time. And it's just nice to see you. And I can't wait to come and have pizza at Casa Maria Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to the incredibly generous sponsors who give us the resources to not only create this content, but to deliver it to you. Perhaps the greatest gift is that they've given us the opportunity to connect with you here, even during a season when we're unable to connect with you in person. Those are our friends and partners at American Express, at Resi, and at Sam Pellegrino. We appreciate you all so much. That catchy music you hear, that's by our friend Aaron Raytier. He's amazing. Check him out. And to the team at the Welcome Conference, who's been working so hard this year. Obviously, Anthony Rudolph and Brian Canlis, who you see alongside me on stage. But then Aaron Ginsberg, who's been running the show with a ton of support by Sandra DiCapua. There's a lot to be thankful for, even during a time that feels so challenging. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And if you want to check up on us and see what we're up to, go to welcomeconference.org. It's the weekly special. You do, 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 do. Weekly special. Weekly special.